How are we doing guys? This is Fitter Food Radio episode 119 and it's me, Matt Whitmore, with Keris Marsden, aka Tomato Head. <laughs> Keris has got the reddest face I've ever seen. And bearing in mind Keris and I have been together for 11 years now, I've witnessed her with some serious sunburn. This is by far exceeded the redness. Why don't you explain why you you look like a giant tomato? <laughs> I mean, a nice and flush. <laughs> What's that in English? So basically, I've just taken some niacin, which is B th- vitamin B three. But there's a form that you take as a supplement that kind of has this like vasodilation dilating effect and so you get like the blood rushes to all your peripheries into like the surface of the skin and i brought it by accident because you can have non-flushing niacin Mm. and i I take b3 occasionally for various different reasons and this time i got the wrong one but actually i've quite enjoyed taking it as in the flushing niacin Mm. because you get this it has a heating effect on the whole body so Mm. it as you can see makes you turn (laughs) bright red as you're doing this vasodilation and the blood runs to the periphery. So at the moment, I do have a bright red face, bright red hands, quite a bit itchy as well. Um, <laughs> but this time of year, it's it's really good because of circulation. So it's been snowing in the UK all week. We've been out for a dog walk this morning. I got soaked. I came in absolutely freezing. And I did do, I did so some you, squats you and press-ups. Pop to be free. <laughs> I did squats and press-ups to try and warm myself up when we got in. Because it got you know, when you get so cold, you can't get warm. And then I took some nice in. And I'm roasting now, as in like... Why take this B3 then? Whether it's flushing or non-flushing, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> B3 is amazing. Well, niacin is used in so many different pathways. So it's really helpful if you have... Uh, so I've had Raynards, which is where you get the... You know, when you you get constriction of your blood vessels at the periphery, so your hands and feet, the blood vessels constrict when you get cold and they go white. Right, yeah, yeah, you see yeah. me and I get like, yeah. like death hands. God, uh, <laughs> so niacin is really helpful. I'll often take it prior to kind of, if I get too cold, I can take it. Or if I know I'm going to go out for a dog walk, I can take it. But what's funny is you do go as you just, you turn around in the kitchen when, and you just obviously burst out laughing because you go bright red, but you often feel redder than you actually are as well, if that makes sense. So you feel like you are proper illuminous yeah. but then I was illuminous you was illuminous to say because the weird thing was is like you said you were taken one and obviously the, the effects aren't immediate and then we were just in the kitchen and I had to like just almost out the corner of my eye like, you weren't even in my full vision and I could see the redness I was like what the hell is that and I glanced round <laughs> and there you was <laughs> shining like a beacon Joe's <laughs> funny is uh Keris met up with some friends last week in Birmingham for like a university reunion thing and then uh like I knew she she, she went out with uh, just one of her friends on on the one night and I was thinking oh you know she's gonna get out in the town and this that and the other because your friends obviously got like kids so yeah. she might have been a bit like well you know husband's looking after the kids let's get right on it and then she told me that she popped a a B3, <laughs> so rock and roll. Yeah. And we popped a B3 before we went out. And uh, so they were both there at dinner, um, just looking like a, a beetroot. <laughs> Two so, beetroots. So I thought if there was any, any other worry of like, you know, loads of men approaching her and all of that, I needn't worry. <laughs> <laughs> what was funny about it was I'd taken one because same thing. So 
it's also B3 is really helpful for not that I should you know, don't you don't use this for this reason but it helps metabolize alcohol and I don't uh, if I have a, have a glass of wine uh, too late it can really affect my sleep so I'll take a little bit of B3 and, and zinc and magnesium to help metabolize alcohol I don't drink a lot but I mean, like one glass can affect my sleep. You can, that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do enjoy having a glass of friends. I was like, oh, I'll take some B3 and go out. But <laughs> half, I had to just say to my friend, look, I need to explain something. Like, I've just taken this nice in, and I'm having a nice in flush because she was kind of talking and looking at me. But it went on my <laughs> chest and it honestly looked like I had fake tan on as well. So I was like, because we're out for a night, it looked like my fake tan had gone a bit wrong. But then she was like, oh, can I, can I try it? So <laughs> can I have a go? Try a little bit. <laughs> But she, the funny thing was, she was get, she was kind of looking at me, going, "Oh my god, like how bad do I look?" And to me, she didn't look that bad. She looked like because she's actually quite pale. I was like, "You look like you've got a nice little bit of a tan." But yeah, she, a healthy glow. Yeah, but then I just couldn't stop laughing because she was like, "Do I look like literally bright red? Do I look like horrendous? Do I look awful?" Well, I've always is the way you're looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a wild night out. We did a nice and flush, and then <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. That's all she wrote. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. What'd you go up to in Birmingham? Oh, you know, just had a nice in flush. <laughs> Went for dinner and that was it. Rock and roll. <laughs> but anyway, we're not here to talk about... Nice in flush. And your big rude head. <laughs> we're, we're here to talk about uh, hormones, aren't we? Yeah, we thought we'd do an episode on hormones because we get lots of emails about this topic, actually. And people say, oh, do you think nutrition can help with hormones? And do you think that um, there's anything that I can do to support healthy, you know, menstrual cycle or, or sometimes men write and ask about testosterone? And of course, like I'm sure we've mentioned it so many times on the podcast in across 119 episodes sure i know we must have said something about hormones i forget what we've actually yeah. covered but yeah. i reckon they got mentioned oh yeah somewhere <laughs> yeah. and there's so much that you can do with things like nutrition and lifestyle but the reason we wanted to do again just a kind of like a focus episode was because i have posted on social media about how i have on an ongoing battle with my hormones in in the the way that i like to run my life or, or like live my life I suppose is you know I love being busy I love training I love working really hard and as a result of that it always seems to reflect negatively in terms of my own hormone health yeah and the kind of consistent theme with my hormones is uh, everything just goes too low so I end up with um you know kind of a completely absent menstrual cycle but the other signs of of low hormones are things like you know your memory can get affected by that your bone health your um, um, what was I going to say? There you go. Look at that memory. Right. It was almost like yeah. you staged that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, right body composition cue. can be affected by it as well. Uh, your digestive system, because hormones are involved in things like progesterone and, and estrogen. The, the things I'm, I'm talking about sex hormones here, but they're involved in in the kind of uh, contractions and and you know uh, various aspects of the digestive system. So, and the hormones are always kind of interacting with your neurotransmitters, that's your brain chemicals and your immune system, that all of it is just kind of chemicals in the blood, essentially, and they they all affect one another. So that a consistent theme for me has been that my lifestyle continues to affect my hormones and I get that feedback. So I have that my menstrual cycle just completely disappears and, you know, my mood can go quite low at times. And uh, I recently went for a DEXA scan because having had some hormone tests done and they said everything's really low, your testosterone is low, your estrogen is low, your progesterone is non-existent because you don't have a menstrual cycle. 
And the answer from the GP was, I think you need to go on hormone replacement therapy. And there isn't really much exploration of the the kind of why behind the scenes. They don't really have the time for that. Um, And I understand that. But it's taken me, um, and I've spoken about this on social media, I've kind of gone away and thought about it because it has been something that's consistently happened to me most of my life, actually. But it's worse since I became a personal trainer and worked as a nutritionist and ran our own business. It's definitely worse. Mm. And it's taking me a lot of time to kind of figure out how I, I how, how I can kind of not fix this situation, but what is my best path to take? And I'm sure there are other people out there listening who have noticed kind of similar patterns. Obviously, the more stressed we are, the more you take on in life. And I imagine I often compare running a business to having a family because I think it must be, you know, in terms of the level of responsibility, your ability, you know, your the time that you have for yourself to switch off. And all of us get very good at doing the maybe like the necessaries, like maybe you do your exercise or maybe you do your food prep, maybe you buy your healthy food. But what we're not very good at is the things that hormones really need, which is, um, you know, I'm not just talking about nutrients here. They are really important. The food is important and you can also do supplements to help. But what your hormones really need is this environment that has um, an element of balance Hmm. where there is sometimes we can be in a, you know, busy and and stressed and, and doing, you know, high energy stuff. But sometimes, uh, you know, and probably arguably the majority of the time, there isn't that um, that kind of environmental feedback. It's more about relaxation, happiness, creativity, um, you know, um, emptiness, as in like empty your head for a few few moments across the day. Yeah. That's what meditation is. Um, uh, sleeping, you know, um, and not feeling guilty about any of those things. And I think that's what I have had a real kind of personal battle with over ever since I kind of left a job and, and worked for myself definitely and when you go into an industry that you, where you're helping other people you get very good at giving you know devoting all your time to that and neglecting yourself mm-hmm. and ignoring those <clears throat> symptoms and when I first had some hormone tests done and was told by the GP you know everything is low he actually referred me my GP was amazing actually he referred me to an endocrinologist who just said everything is low and then he said, what do you do in your lifestyle? Like, yeah, he did ask a few questions, this endocrinologist. And I said, you know, I do get up quite early. I travel into London to do lecturing, but I also run a business. Um, and I love everything mm-hmm. that I do. So to not do those things would also be quite stressful for me. And he replied, well, then the only answer is that you take hormone replacement therapy. I actually kind of walked away from that situation and thought, oh, well, that feels like <laughs> it's a sticking plaster, really, isn't it? Because... Where does that end, you know, yeah. in terms of, yeah. you know, and, and what was interesting about my hormone results and in this to anyone else listening to this podcast, what's really helpful is via a GP or endocrinologist, if you're just getting one blood test, you're getting one snapshot. Yeah. So it's not the true picture. We don't even have, you know, there's a lot of debate about how do you accurately measure hormones? We can measure them in blood, we can measure them in saliva and we can measure them in urine. And in the urine, you get like you get the metabolites of all of lots of different um, hormones. So this is thought to be there's something called a dried uh, urine test, which some people use to get an idea of what's your progesterone doing, what is your cortisol doing, your androgens, exact testosterone, your parent hormones as well, DHA, which is almost kind of at the top, you know, upstream of of the other hormones. So Mm -hmm. you can kind of see what's the pattern of your hormone production and and your estrogen and types of estrogen that you have, and where is the problem going wrong? And whilst these tests might be useful, 
The reason I decided not to do them was because it's so obvious to me where the problem is. Just yeah. in, in the endocrinologist even looked at me and said, it's so obvious where the yeah. problem is. Look at your lifestyle. Look at the time that you get up. Look, look at, at your <laughs> state of it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember when I went to the hospital? Oh, yeah. Do you remember, um, this was years ago when I had... Uh, we'd first met and my cycle had disappeared and it had gone for about six months. And they referred me to the hospital for a pituitary scan to check that I didn't have a, a tumour that was causing the lack of the menstrual cycle. Wow. But get this, to get to the hospital, you might remember this, I cycled from London to the hospital, which was about 10 miles, and I was late, so I cycled full pelt. And when I got to the hospital, I must have been like, I think my traps had like tripled in size from like London cycling. And the doctor had about six students with him. And he was going, this is a case of a young lady who doesn't have any menstrual cycle. He said, what we're going to do is look at some of her hormones. We're not going to bother with anything like testosterone because you only need to take one look at her to know that she's got really high testosterone really? levels. Yeah. And I was really offended. Yeah, but I did not like Tom Hardy at the time. Like <laughs> yeah, like babies. See, this is not a problem. <laughs> yeah. But then interestingly, they put me on, they weighed me and they put me on, uh, they measured my blood pressure and it was really low. And I just pelted there on a bike. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, her blood pressure is really low. That's a sign of really dysregulated hormones. Like, a, you know, I'm, I'm, I, like as in... Cortisol might be low, but not low because I'm fatigued in any way. You know, yeah, yeah. adrenal fatigue. But cortisol is likely low because I'm absolutely, I've just, I'm just beasted myself. And and you know, whether it be I'm actually knackering the 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 organs that release these hormones, or because there's, there's kind of feedback inhibition or whatever it might be. Um, but just really interesting because I remember thinking. Then the nurse went, the nurse said, oh, you're really healthy. Your blood pressure is excessively low. <laughs> it just was not obviously healthy. But just uh, going back to this situation, the test that they run, so you can have the dried urine test done. But if you go to a doctor, what's quite useful is to get a snapshot of your hormones and to get tested the, the what's released from the brain, because this is what's released from the pituitary gland is basically the the gland in the brain that that we get some feedback, the body listens to feedback, the hypothalamus, which is, we used to call that the master gland, but I think it's probably more the pituitary is the master gland, doesn't really matter, but the the hypothalamus reads the environment and then it directs the pituitary gland and, and says, you know, kind of what is the priority here? What's the feedback I've just received in terms of, you know, what's high, what's low in the body? And the pituitary gland will will release these hormones that talk to the other glands in the body. Mm-hmm. So for the menstrual cycle, also for all the reproductive hormones, it's luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone, which in a man will start to activate things like spermogenesis and the release of testosterone from the testes. And then in a woman, um, in a cycling woman, it will start to uh, trigger the follicle to grow. And then eventually, you know, the, the follicle will release the uh, the egg which goes into the fallopian tube and that's how you have that menstrual cycle and for a woman it's a case of four it's a four hormone relay that has to take place so there's much more risk of a woman kind of get, knocking that out very easily because mm-hmm. it could just be one or two days of kind of sleep disruption calorie deprivation high intensity exercise and you might knock that cycle out and then suddenly you're not ovulating as you should do and you're you don't get your nice estrogen surge in the first half of your cycle and your progesterone surge in the second half of your cycle for a man it's much more simpler in that generally you've just got this two-way brain ball kind of connection <laughs> that, that has to work you know so <laughs> it 
men are simpler beings from a hormone perspective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, I think from a, like, I generally think as a, as a massive kind of generalization that men are less of an overthinking, over anxiety. No, that's not a word, is it? Overanalyzing. Overanalyzing, yeah. Overthinking, overanalyzing, over worrying type type people compared to women. So <clears throat> just kind of. Or maybe we just don't let on. Yeah, possibly. So the overthinking, the overworrying, the analysing is there. Yeah. But what I say, my mum and dad said this to me the other day, actually. In the times when they've seen us both really stressed about everything from like our workload to travel and things, that you can definitely switch off from it better than I can. You will definitely go, do you know what? I'm I'm putting my feet up and watching TV now and that's that. And Mm. I can't. I'm like, oh no. You're on Matt, it's 9am. What are you Watching GMTV. That's that. we got work to do. <laughs> yeah. I've had a long day. <laughs> yeah, you and I are very different in that sense. In the, yeah. I'd say that's true of every kind of partnership I've been in though. I, I, I generally am a work too hard, feel guilty if I'm not working. And th- this is kind of part of the hormonal problem. And you are definitely much better at letting things go and not letting people get to you. And then I think both of us have said we went through a phase as we've kind of built the business, be more online, be more, I suppose you, once you have a business and you go online, you open up, you're presenting yourself and then you're open to, or you're putting yourself out there for things like criticism and, and, uh, you know, kind of you you worry about whether you've done, you know, is this correct? Is that right? Have I done the right thing? Is that product good enough? And, And so I don't think I was quite prepared when I, started to run a business with you for the the kind of highs and lows and and I've, I've definitely at times thought do you know what I think I should just get a job <laughs> I think yeah. I'd be much better yeah, if, yeah. I, if I just got a nine till five I think I'd get my health back but then every time I've sat there and thought about it I feel so passionately about some of the projects that that you and I have in mind and, and our kind of bigger vision for the business that I just can't let it go and mm. I, I don't think I could go back to working for somebody else and not and doing something where I I didn't really feel like I was making a difference because that's a huge driver in me. And so, and this is the thing, it'd be as stressful to go back to an office job nine till five where I didn't feel like I was making a difference or have any purpose or where I wasn't valued, which Mm. you know, I've I've been there in the past. Just going back to the hormone bit that I wanted to finish the point was it's the brain hormones that can be quite insightful. If you go and get some hormone tests done, ask them to test the LH and the FSH because then you can find out is the problem kind of localized at the, the is it the ovary level or the testy level in men which it could be because men now are carrying mobile phones in their pockets and you know but also because these cells wherever they are in the body so it doesn't matter what 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 kind of organ we're talking about that the, the cells of those organs need a lot of nutrients to be able to make the hormones as well and they need healthy mitochondria which is you know we talk about the batteries of the cell but that's where you make the sex hormones as well so Mm. that you need to have healthy organelles inside your cells the organelles are tiny like compartments and you know like the the furniture no not really furniture that's not a good way of putting it but you know (laughs) (laughs) the bits and bobs inside the cell that do stuff if it's like, your, you know, I always say like compare a cell to a kitchen, then basically the organelles are, you know, your equipment in the kitchen. It might be the microwave and the fridge or whatever, you know, like it's the things that make, you know, that you're using to create stuff. So inside a cell needs to be healthy to make the hormones. So for me, the outcome of my hormone test was my LH and FSH were really low, which would suggest this is coming from 
so these are the brain hormones I mentioned before that are coming from the pituitary. So that means that my problem is top down, if mm. that makes sense. It's mm. not necessarily at ovarian level, it's at pituitary level, it's right. the brain. Which is why I think I got um, sent for a scan years ago because it was the same outcome then. And then they kind of came back and said, you have a really low pulsation of what's called gonadotrophin releasing hormone, which comes from the, the hypothalamus. So your hypothalamus is not releasing this, this hormone that would stimulate the next phase, which is your LH and FSH from the pituitary. And then the next phase would be the estrogen from the actual follicle itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second half would be progesterone. And so the same thing would happen in a man. You'd have this gonadotrophin releasing hormone first from the hypothalamus. That would tell the pituitary, LH and FSH. And that would then tell the testes uh, and the cells of the testes, which are then responsible for testosterone and, yeah. and spermogenesis. So if a man gets told that he has low sperm count or issues with the, in terms of the health of his sperm or low testosterone, you'd want to know where does the problem lie? Is it coming from top down or is it the, the health of the testy tissues or in, in females is it the ovarian tissues yeah because these tissues as well in the body are like antioxidants are so important for them if you look at the oocyte the air that gets released it's surrounded by these cells um i think it's called columnus i can't remember now columnus something like that that all they do is offer that egg antioxidant protection because it's right. ne- if you think about it, it's the next life so yeah, it has yeah. to be protected yeah. but for men if you ever look at what a man gets recommended by a fertility clinic to improve his sperm count it's things like coq10 and zinc um uh, there might be resveratrol or things like that and there these are many of them are antioxidants or just fundamental vitamins and minerals for hormone health magnesium is another one that's quite common as a recommendation so in terms of looking at our hormone health it's really important to find out where does the problem lie in terms of maybe physically and do the cells that make those hormones have enough micronutrients macronutrients and antioxidants to be healthy and a big part of health we've talked about this on lots of podcasts is is the membrane of the cell which is all about the fats in your diet and how healthy are the fats in your diet so Mm. you need those mediterranean fats you need to have like omega-3s in there as well and and that's why these are often recommended for fertility or hormone health or for pms for a woman you know they're going to help in terms of those cells have a healthy membrane it's basically like giving that cell you know, a mobile phone with 4G as opposed to, you know, we talked about this in the last podcast, didn't we? Um, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so, no and, G. And, and an unlimited data package. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so it can constantly communicate, understand outside environment, what it needs to do, receive, you know, communication, give communication. So every cell in the body needs to be able to have that. And so the fats in your diet will transform that, that cellular communication efficiency. But just going kind of further upstream of it is one of the things I thought about when they said, you know, you've got these low hormones again and your lifestyle does not support healthy hormone function again. I kind of walked around with a HRT prescription in my pocket for a a good few months, didn't I? And I said to you, I don't know what to do. My mum's had breast cancer. I wouldn't really feel comfortable putting, you know, external hormones into my body at this time, even if I go for bioidentical, which is another option. And I also feel like I'm not dealing with the root cause, which is something that I talk about constantly. Yeah. <clears throat> so one of the first things I did was spoke to our good friend, Tommy Wood, um, because I know they do a lot with uh, women who exercise a lot. And, and I've, and you'd be the first to back me up on this. I've cut down on my exercise so much. You really have. <laughs> so, and really I, have. and I eat, you know, I never skip a meal now. I don't fast. I don't play around with those kind of things. 
you know, I have three to four meals every single day. Most days four because I have an afternoon snack. And, you know, I don't, so I don't under eat. And sleep wise, like you, you're very good now at keeping me on a kind of sleep routine because you get up early for clients. So I sleep usually eight hours, you know, and we don't have kids. So I get good quality sleep apart from when Hamish is cold in the night and starts to try and get under spoon. the duvet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he tries to get under the duvet or yeah, spoons you <laughs> in the middle of the night. So I felt like I was doing a lot of good stuff. So as frustrating as it was, but I did decide to ask Tommy for his opinion and his opinion, well, his uh, advice was to actually increase my calorie intake, even though I'm not underweight. And the, and the doctor confirmed that. He said, you're not underweight. We, like they checked and, you know, kind of yeah. everything. Tommy said, although you're not underweight, you could, you just need to kind of feed back to your hormones especially your hypothalamus and pituitary that it's safe to to you know devote some energy towards the reproductive side of things and so stop uh things like cardio you know at that point in time i think i was running like three times a week doing some weight training a couple of times a week and and that's about it wasn't it yeah and no, no more than kind of 40 minutes if that whereas he said stop all the running you know walking is absolutely fine but even that he said don't walk too much don't be doing like you know not that I would do, but 30,000 steps a day, you know, in, in, yeah. to compensate. Moderation. And focus on things like your weight training because your estrogen was low. So you're going to need to make sure your bone density might have been compromised by that. So right. weight training, as in weight bearing exercise. So yoga is good, but weight training itself would be better because in terms of increasing your lean muscle mass and helping with your bone density, that would be your kind of the most effective thing that you could do. Um, he gave me a target of 45 calories per kilo to uh, work towards in terms of getting up to a point where I could coach my hormones to know that there was enough nutrient nutrients in my environment to help with the menstrual cycle, which would have taken me up to, I think I weighed about 58 kilos at the time. I can't remember what the math was on that, but it was something like two, it was 2,600 or something, wasn't it, that we, yeah. we said. But he said, move up very gradually. So kind of whatever you're eating now, add a little bit more of a snack and then a little bit more, a little bit more. So that's kind of been my plan. That's what I've been doing for, gosh, it was about, be about four months now, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. But very interesting. I have to share one other point was that I then started to speak to a herbalist about this at the college. Yeah. And I definitely felt better for doing all of those things. And eating upon waking was another key bit of advice, which by the way, I think I've been given that a bit of advice possibly like 20 times yeah <laughs> but you just get into these habits which is probably like a whole other podcast where you're just in this routine of my routine is get up get out with the dog you know come back have breakfast and I really enjoyed that routine yeah so I think from in some ways it's harder to change it because I also think it's you can you can kind of justify it as being healthy Mm. You know, I'm walking and I'm doing all these these good things and doing me fitness. <laughs> yeah, but also there's there's evidence about you know fasting twelve hours overnight is also really helpful for the body. So to be able to do that, sometimes we have to eat late because I work late. So you know, I'm kind of you know doing those things. So I'm always trying to trying to be healthy, but there's always an element of you have to personalize guidance to you know your situation and the feedback that your hormones have given you. And on this occasion, and there's a lot more kind of research supporting this now, eating upon waking and almost kind of setting your hormone rhythm for the day is probably going to be for, for kind of, you know, very stressed individuals and people who are getting this kind of feedback of like reproductive hormone dysfunction. It might be a better way to 
you know, kind of adjust your your meal routine. And then if anything, probably eating lighter at night and, and you know. But even so, in my position, when we're trying to feed back abundance to the body and make sure there's enough nutrition for a healthy, reproductive hormone cycle, this is male and female, by the way, you know, maybe slightly uh, at this point in time for me increasing because I've got to do the opposite of what I've done in the past. Mm. So if looking at you now, if you were like a, <laughs> an overweight sedentary male who came to me with low testosterone, Mm. I'd, I'd reverse what you were doing if that makes sense yeah. I'd be like right we need some training we need to you know like adapt your nutrition make sure you're not under or over training as well that's that's really important and maybe some nutritional supplements same for a female if it's kind of like well you've been doing all this training at five o'clock in the morning and uh, you know it's been quite intense stuff and you're only trying to be healthy you're following all the guidance that you see on social media or you know kind of you know reading all the in you know the, the research on hit training those kind of things london is very much like this you get stuck in the kind of trend of what all your office colleagues are doing you know mm. that's quite a, a thing the reason i was kind of making this point was to say that you can be given the same piece of advice over and over again from different sources like i was but you still can convince yourself that actually, you know, I'm still being healthy, so I'll carry on. So, so it's a habit that you've got to break, but it's harder if you can justify it as being healthy. Mm. And then you get reinforcements every now and then. You read an article that says like, oh, you know, fasted walking is amazing or, or fasting in the morning, skipping breakfast is amazing. And you go, yeah, you cherry pick it because that's what you want to do. Yeah, that yeah. Makes sense. exactly, yeah. But just going back to the, the, the herbalist side of things, I uh, actually spoke to somebody who's trained in herbal medicine and it's something that's been under my nose for years because obviously I trained at a naturopathic college. Um, some of my colleagues end up being herbalists and I've always been, I don't know why, it's just not really come under my radar, but I saw an, uh, an acupuncturist for years who said to me, one of the best things for restarting a menstrual cycle is herbal medicine. And again, I kind of took that on board, but it was like, oh, she gave me a card of someone. I thought, yeah, sounds a little bit out there for me. Yeah. Like, it's not something that I, I'm going to consider at this stage. But having had my hormone test results and being faced with kind of HRT, I spoke to somebody and this herbal medicine practitioner just happened to be the right person for me because she basically had a history of doing things like triathlons and was quite yeah. sporty and, and said, you know, oh, you can absolutely like, yes, this can be kind of, because of a history of overtraining and and you know undernutrition, and and that kind of goes a long way, doesn't it? I yeah, think yeah. when and I'm not saying that you know the person you're working with has to be super fit or super strong yeah. or super ripped or anything like that, because you know it's it's like I often give the example of some of the best coaches in UFC, you know, like mixed martial arts, yeah. have never been a competitor themselves, yeah, yeah, yeah. but. They know the game yeah. inside out. They know the psyche and therefore you can relate to them yeah. type thing. And and I think, especially for someone like you, who yeah. has come from that Background. excessive training, yeah. you know, been there, done that, to kind of hear it from someone who has also been in that position and, and kind of come out the other side, so to speak, and has kind of gone like, yeah, you know, like, you know, you can, you can do this, you can do that. It's almost a bit more, not convincing, but I suppose reassuring to a degree, rather than, you know, in terms of stereotypes. When yeah, you think yeah. of herbal medicine, you think of some like little hippie woman who like <laughs> yeah. knits all her own clothes out of. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going. No, I'm just I'm trying. Know, to, yeah. I'm trying to exaggerate a stereotype. I'm not saying that's what I think. I think the thing is with with alternative medicine is it like it just has scales to it, and and so you're very much kind of. 
there's conventional medicine where you go and see a GP and that's about you're giving them a medicine which is, can be very effective at suppressing a symptom. They're not that able to, so I'm not saying they're not interested, they're just not able to look at the root cause, look at you as an individual and address lifestyle and those kind of things. And then there's a level of nutrition that we might call kind of like a dietitian or dietetics, which is, you know, you can also address someone's, you know, kind of nutrition from a point of view of remove a calorie excess, make sure they've got some nutrients in there, but kind of keep it simple, keep it more like public health. And then it just starts moving along this scale towards alternative medicine where you get kind of, you know, it might be more extreme dietary recommendations, you know, from kind of ketogenic to vegan to, you know, dietary eliminations, supplements. We've got functional medicine kind of in this area as well. And then it gets, you know, even a little bit further, you've got hill medicine, acupuncture, iridology. Now that I study the physiology of the body more, I can see how they all work. And they do have, I think there's a place for all of it. Mm. Acupuncture is working very similarly to, to sports massage in so many ways, or my fascial release, you know, when you've got your foam roller. Yeah. But it's, it's actually more effective in some ways because you actually can needle into muscles. But equally, as you needle parts of the tissue, you can also stimulate kind of blood flow to that tissue, which will bring nutrition and oxygen. So now I can kind of understand it, and this could be from a point, but, but it's the language that's so different in each of the alternative therapies mm. so in chinese medicine they talk about chi and you get yeah. told that your chi is blocked yeah it's all got a bit chi gong it's all got a bit chi gong mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you look at them i remember being told that years ago and thinking what the <laughs> heck are you talking about whereas if somebody had said oh you know like your your neuroendocrine immune system is is knocked out or do you know what i mean like now i i talk like in the same language about the same functionality but with a different you know it's just a different vocabulary essentially so for someone like you, if I came home and said, you know, my acupuncture says I need to work on my chi, you know, it wouldn't make sense. But if I came I'm back like, to you, <laughs> <laughs> people could see sugars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my chi's wrong. <laughs> but no, no, no I, I do, I do hear what you're but saying. It, but it's very similar. And, and the first thing that the herbal medicine practitioner said to me is, your HPO axis is knocked out, which is your hypothalamic pituitary ovarian signaling is knocked out mm. and so you're not cycling and ovulating like you should be and that can be caused by everything from stress immune system dysfunction disrupted sleep wake cycles mm-hmm. so as soon as you start getting up at five o'clock in the morning that was a big factor for me when i look back i'm not sure women are supposed to get up at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning no but, or but... We'll, or you will you, you you normally find some kind of hormonal feedback on that we often talk about this, don't we? And that, like, you, you can't look at things in isolation, can you? Because, you know, if someone's getting up at half four, chances are they're not getting up at half four to meditate for two hours, <laughs> yeah. you know, just so they can have some peace and quiet. Chances are they're getting up at half four because, you know, they're manic, you know, they've yeah, got yeah, a big family, right. they're really busy at work and they want to quick, fit a quick hip workout in before the carnage like Starts, unfolds when yeah, everyone in the house wakes up. Like, yeah. it's not just as simple as like getting up early. It's yeah. like, but how do you feel when you get up? What are you doing when you get up at that time? If it's the other way around, even if you are getting, let's say, for example, you're getting up at a more reasonable hour, like 7am, but then between 7am and 10pm, whenever it is you go to bed again, you know, you're very stressed. You're over-exercising to try and like combat the excessive stress and yeah. as, as an escape and blah, blah, blah. You know, you could argue that that's no healthier than getting up earlier. I've just written a blog about this, which will go on, on the website 
just talking about is it's your total load. Mm. So what is your total load? So I went through a phase of training twice a day, but I also had at that point in time, amazing kind of social and emotional health and financially was absolutely sound and just happened to like sell a house, have lots of money. Mean seed mine. Inherited some money at the same time. Like literally had more money than I've ever had in my life. And just had nothing to worry about. And my job was dead easy. And, you know, I um, had the most healthy menstrual cycle I've ever had in my life and was training quite hard at that mm. point in time. Whereas now, like I said, it's just you assess the total load. And if you're taking on, you know, it might be there's more emotional stress, there's more work-based stress, whatever it might be that, and I think women, I think both men and women actually have to be really careful about the training side of things because that you can adapt mm. and that's what people do not do. So they carry on. It's almost like they try to, everyone we've t- does this, but you try and out train or outwork or even over deliver emotional support to people when you're at your most kind of stretched, if that makes sense, because I've mentioned that I've done this kind of 12 week program. I haven't even talked about the kind of herbal medicine properly. But... Just, yeah, you get there. <laughs> yeah. So I do this 12 weeks where I, I literally start to feel the true benefit of like calming down, changing mindset, sleeping more, eating upon waking. Um, the other thing that's quite important is, uh, so once you've trained, don't go hours without eating, which I never really do. I've never done that for years anyway, but you're just going to kind of leave, you know, you have this adrenaline cortisol release when you train and that's just going to continue. And, and an antagonist to that is insulin which will be released if you then consume food. So for women, definitely, you know, eating after you've trained is really important. But people that are training really early in the morning and then fasting for long periods of time, Mm. good chance that they're also having, that's going to have an effect on reproductive hormones and, and other stuff. But... Yeah, so, so, so in terms of, well, no, what I'm about to say was then over Christmas, we had uh, some things where I was struggling to, my, my workload was building up towards Christmas and I desperately wanted to take some time off to do some family, have some really nice downtime with the family. And I was getting more inquiries, take, you know, can you see this client? Can you do that? Can you do that? And I didn't want to also let those people down either. Mm. And these were some really serious cases with, you know, cancer, all sorts of things. So I ended up taking on too much. And then I turned to you one day and went, I need to go for a run to deal with all this. And you actually said, go for a run. <laughs> like, yeah. As in, you could see how much I was getting so overwhelmed by it all. And it's so interesting as a, a kind of, I've realised that that, that that is what I use exercise for often, is just that, that outlet. And I don't get that same outlet when I go and lift some weights. No. So I really just needed to go and be in some woodland with Hamish. And it's not even, a, if you saw me run, it's just an embarrassment, if I'm really honest. Like, I'm not a fast runner. <laughs> like, Why? But you don't need to be, do you? <laughs> no, I know. But I suppose because Tommy had said to me, don't do any cardio, you know, like it's, there's no benefit to it. And you're just, you're well, in fight or flight. On that occasion, it's interesting because you said to me, on this occasion, there is a benefit. You need that mental release. Mm. Um, you know, you've had your breakfast, you're in a fed state and I ended up speaking to my herbal medicine practitioner and said, you know, is it okay to do the occasional run? And she said, yes, but I have to be really careful with that advice because I will so easily, that's like a red rag to a bull mm. to me. So I yeah. have to, you know, be sensible with that advice. But uh, what I was going to say was in terms of the herbal medicine, I got given a tincture by my practitioner and I had no expectation of it. And I'm not lying within what was it three or four days Mm. I started getting menstrual cycle symptoms which I have not had 
properly for years. Yeah. And I could not believe it. And actually, the other thing that happened was I started to get, I got this three times tonsillitis. So I knew that whatever the herbs were doing was, because your immune system is also very much kind of um, influenced by your hormone cycle, and especially your kind of, you know, think about your stress hormone cycle, and are you in fight or flight, because you don't have time to fight infections, if that's the case. But I ended up getting almost three back-to-back tonsillitis infections, didn't I, where where I'd get like kind of a scab on my lip, and then it would just end up being, I'd get really sick. So I contacted my herbalist and said, I've had tonsillitis three times, is this linked to the herbs? Is this because you're rebalancing, you know, maybe my kind of fight or flight response and, you know, it's called the HPA access, so hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access. And that's causing my immune system to be able to maybe do a bit of kind of spring cleaning. And she said, yeah, absolutely. So she actually adjusted the formula, sent me something else. And since then, and the other thing that I got was really bad hormonal acne. So I also knew that that was changing my, it was nice because it was kind of, Oh, it's changing my hormone profile to have these, yeah. you know, I was pointing them to you and I was like, look at these big kind of cystic acne that I didn't really want, but I was just absolutely bowled over by those effects that kicked in so fast. And I've had some really interesting chats with her and said, I didn't realise how powerful these herbs could be. And she said, one of the things they do is they work on your nervous system. So they are kind of working on that, that kind of brain to organ communication and can bring you out of this kind of, you know, like what we call sympathetic nervous system dominance or fight or flight and start to, you know, mimic hormones like estrogen, progesterone and actually get the cycle to come back. So I've been absolutely amazed by them, but also even in terms of you've been able to see the the kind of the symptoms, you know, like you, you've kind of been impressed as well with... Kind of- no, no, I have, like, and, you know, and I'm, I'm quite... Sceptical. I'm quite sceptical of these things, but at the same time, I'm also, I'm very open-minded... I don't just write things off without kind of giving them like a day, so to speak. There was definitely a, a, a difference. I mean, I kind of tried to play devil's advocate and say, yeah, but, you know, bear in mind you had made some other really big changes prior to taking this as well. So, you know, again, don't look at it as the the herbal thing in isolation. No. Could it just be you've done all those other things, you know, slept more, rested, eaten more, eaten upon waking, blah, blah, blah then taken on the herbs you know so kind of look at it as both things rather than but you couldn't argue with the the coincidence if you will of the improvements in you yeah when you did take it on Uh, i think now i've got to i'm at a phase where i took on a lot of work in january where i was getting up earlier and it was like burning candle at both ends not good at all and i could i could feel my kind of mental exhaustion so the other thing that's been really helpful is both you and I have been kind of watching Russell Brand interviews recently and some other interviews with people like Gabo Marte who've been saying, you know, why do you end up in these cycles of almost like addiction to, for mine, it's mm. work. Like, why do you end up in these cycles of saying yes all the time and taking on more work and then watching your health deteriorate in the background despite mm. doing all these amazing things, helping people? And I love this statement by Gabo Marte. If you look at his work, he's got a book called When the Body Says No, but he says it's sedu- it's seductive. Like work is can be when you help when you're helping other people and you know, you get this amazing kind of reward from your work. It's as addictive as alcohol or sugar or cigarettes. Like it, yeah. and, and it it's made me realise, gosh, yes, I'm definitely in that cycle. And what I need to do now is I've got herbal medicine, which is definitely making a change to me physically, but it's not going to work 
if I don't adapt mentally exactly. to that situation. So the final kind of chapter is I need to marry the two. <laughs> and that, that, at the end of the day, you're a big part of that because you're, you, you're doing this similar thing. Yeah. Mentally. Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, you've got to, you've, you know, like we said a million times, it's never one thing. Yeah. You know, in, in the same way that, you know, it would have been potentially pretty useless you taking all these herbs and all of that if you were still training like an absolute nutter no, not getting I enough I sleep. I haven't trained like a nutter for years. Just no, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to explain that, you yeah. know, it's it's like, you know, one without the other is just, is, is a no-go. In the same way, kind of going back to when you said, oh, you know, you kind of felt like you needed to go on a run for your yeah, kind of yeah. mental state. And I was like, go for a run. Because in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, if you could look at all of the individual things that you were kind of told to do, exercise less, stop the running, sleep more, eat more, blah, blah, blah. Like if you had to pick one of those things just on that day to go out the window, what would it be? Would it be sleep less? Would it be eat less? Or would it be to go for a run, to put your head in the right yeah, place, yeah, yeah. but then tick all the other boxes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think, I mean, there's there's a big difference, isn't there, to be, to be like, do you know what, like... I will be a better person for going for a run today. Yeah. You know, like I'll be able to handle the day a little bit better. But being able to make that conscious decision rather than like I need to go for a run, I have to go yeah, for a run, yeah. like I'm going to be miserable and, and anxious and whatever all day if I don't go for a run. And that's when you've kind of like developed a dependency yeah. on something yeah, that, yeah. you know, on paper is very healthy, yeah. but actually in an, it's now an unhealthy focus it's an un- it's an unhealthy uh, reliance do you know what one of the worst things this is we went to see russell brand this week didn't we oh, Did it's a really good talk but one of the worst th- he said one of the worst things about addiction is not always the addiction it's the guilt and i think for me when i said to you i need to go for a run i went for a run and it was this massive release and then i, I went to speak to my herbalist and i said the thing is I want to be able to marry together the things that I like doing in my life. I want to be able to work in a job where I help people and I want to go for a run occasionally, like nothing even like, you know, I've scrapped any marathon goals or anything, but I I absolutely love running in the woods with Hamish. It's just my favourite thing in the world. It's the one form of exercise I need no motivation to do. Weights, I'm like, come on, go go to the gym, lift some weights. Like, and we all have that. Like everyone listening here has got one thing in terms of like exercise-wise that they might like doing mm. or, you know, food that they might like eating. And it's it's just trying to rein it all in so that you do, you know, you do it in the right context and you adapt and you read your body. So, you know, if you are stressed and you're exhausted, you do not put your trainers on, trainers on and run to give yourself energy. If that makes sense. <laughs> and put your trousers on. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> And equally, if you're absolutely stressed and exhausted, you don't go and open the cupboard and, and mainline sugar. But if you are out, uh, you know, having a, an amazing meal with your friends and family and you want to have triple chocolate fudge ice cream and, you know, and whatever dessert mm. with ice cream, you do. And the next day you resume business as, as usual. And that's what I coach all my clients about. And that's what I'm trying to do in terms of the, the kind of work and the exercise side of things where they are my vulnerabilities because you know I get such a massive sense of reward from yeah. them so tell me to not you know have alcohol or you know coffee is harder but if you told me you know oh you need to take out the caffeine or you need to do this you know I can do all those things but where I struggle is you know tell me that I need to go and sit on a sofa and read a book and you know relax and not think about work and eat some chocolate and be quite self-indulgent I find that hard yeah. but that's where we were saying about we're like 
you know, when it comes to hormone health, I've had that feedback that this kind of lifestyle doesn't work. Mm. And I've got hints at what kind of lifestyle does work for me. I know my personality, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I like working hard, but I'm also a worrier, I'm an overthinker. So I have to balance things like my, you know, kind of creative hobbies, my escapes, and, and every now and then do the opposite of what I feel I should do. So, yeah. you know, sitting on a book, re- sitting on a book, <laughs> sitting yeah. on a sofa. Do you think sitting on a book? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel I should sit on a book. <laughs> sitting on a sofa, reading a book with a cup of tea and a big bar of dark chocolate is what I used to do, oh my gosh, like 20 years ago. And that's the sort of thing that I need to get back in my life and discipline myself to do more often. Turn yeah. my phone but, off. But that, this is the thing though, isn't it? Like I, I did a coincidentally did a video for our Fit365 um, Facebook group about, you know, discipline yeah. in that, you know, it comes in many shapes and forms. And when you look at discipline, you know, you could say, well, what is discipline really? Like, is it is it having the discipline to be able to, to do something that you don't really want to do that's hard work? Yes, that requires discipline. But I kind of gave the example of training, like, for example, like weight training, yeah. you're, on your, <clears throat> you're on your last set of squats. You know, it's those last few repetitions. They burn like hell. Yeah, you're questioning right. whether you, you're going to be able to do another rep. Yeah. But you've said just to yourself you're going to do 10 and you're at 8. Yeah. And you, you dig deep yeah. and you manage to get those last two out. Does that require discipline? Yes, it does. Is yeah. it hard work? Yes, it is. Does mental, it hurt? Mental toughness. But but there's an element of enjoyment. Yeah. There's an, for me, there's an the part of... The enjoyment of training is those moments, those moments when you kind of like think, deep, deep. have I got this in the bag? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go for it anyway. And you you, you you squeeze it out. You get that, that, that last rep or two. So The finish line is dopamine. That's the thing. But, huh? <laughs> the finish line is dopamine. You get this surge where you're like, there's the finish line. Yeah. If I can hit it and you get this massive and surge same, of dopamine. Same as like, you know, yeah. when people, you know, manage to increase their pace on that home straight yeah, of a... Yeah of a marathon or whatever, even though they've been like hanging out their ass like for the last 10 miles, this is a all step. of a sudden they're like, oh, cool, quick, there's the finish line and bang, they get this extra second win. This, this is just a slight side note, but relevant. It's why, you know, you talk about this every minute on the minute workout. Hmm. Why I, I wouldn't like that workout. And I, we, we had a big discussion about this because one of your clients fed back that they didn't like that workout. Hmm. And I said, it's because if you're like that end game mentality yeah. where you've got to get that many reps in, or reach that time, or hit that distance. Yeah, you get this surge of dopamine and whatever. You just like adrenaline. You yeah, do of it. course. Like Whereas you said, if you ever said you, when you used to teach classes and say you're going to do this for a minute, I'd be like, no. I, n- I never <laughs> listen. I hate doing anything for a minute as <laughs> much like, as the next. Give moment. me a number. That, that was you that used to do no, that. You used to do that. You're full of it. You are. No, you used to do that. Okay, well we won't have this conversation now. But if you you tell me I need to hit this t- this number of reps. Like, literally, I just feel my energy surge. And I'm like, I can do this because there's an end point. <laughs> yeah, well, there's an end point with every minute on the minute. I know, but it's not the same. I don't know what it is. It's like a structure of workout that mentally does not work for me. Yeah, but oh, it all, it does, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> Who are you? Hey, come on. You'd be like a worse client. Sorry, this doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. See, see, David Goggins would be like, you're choosing the path of least resistance here. <laughs> Even when you used to say slow stuff down, I used to get this doesn't work for me. But that's the problem. If You're I, delaying the if pain. I say, if I say do 15, you just crank them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's why, you know, sometimes it's like you've got to slow it down, be aware of every repetition. But 
what I was going to say was, is that whilst obviously training hard does require an element of discipline, there is an element of enjoyment. You know, if you're someone who's really big into your, your, your marathons or your triathlons or whatever it may be, you don't enter those races because you hate it. You don't enter those races just because it's hard and it requires yeah. discipline. There's a part of you that enjoys it, enjoys the process, enjoys the pain, yeah. it enjoys the grind, the digging deep. But what I'm trying to say is, is that on the flip side of that, people lack discipline for things that actually, in theory, are easier. Yeah. So when it comes to saying to someone, invest a bit of time in some stretching, invest a bit of time in some mobility work. Tonight, switch off 30 minutes earlier and read a book yeah. so you can unwind. Yeah. Have Easy. a hot bath. They're not physically demanding tasks. Yeah, no. They're easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't require much effort. Sleep. But they're not easy to do yeah. because they're a bit boring. They don't kind of like stimulate you in if the same it's not way. That, it's also the guilt factor. If there's things to be done yeah, in your yeah, head. Oh, right. No, but you do this. You do this. Like Everyone does this. Everyone has this conversation with themselves where they do this little kind of like weighing up, you know, what do I need to do? And that's probably going to make my day or evening easier or tomorrow easier or next week easier. And what would my body probably like me to do? And it's the former that always will come first. It's kind of like, well, do you know what? If I could just tap the dishwasher and get that done and nail that email. Yeah. That's what happens. Okay, yeah, I and then, you. And then when you do go for say you do make the right decision, which is mm-hmm. I'm going to sit on the sofa and I'm going to put my feet up and I'm going to read or I'm going to go to bed early. You just lie there sometimes feeling guilty. And that's yeah. definitely, I'm not saying that's, that's kind of the situation that I often find myself in. So I don't even enjoy the time that I set myself to relax. Yeah, because your mind's goes, going, yeah. Yeah, and this goes back to, I think I'm changing that now because I'm reading more and more about how damaging it is to be like that. And yeah. also my body's feeling it back over and over again. It's like, I, how I, many times do I have to tell you? I hear what you're saying, but, and I agree, yeah. because like you said, like I, I've been like that as well. It's almost like, oh, I feel guilty for having a bit of time off when I should be doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah, yeah. But I've put that pressure on myself. Yeah. No one else. You know, I could say, I could blame social media. I could blame, you know, all these people talking about the hustle, the grind. Oh, no, no, and no, no. I'm, totally, I'm totally aware. It's, no, you're your own boss, you know. But, but, but a big part of the, the change I wanted to make this year is like, you know what? Like, n- no one else should make me feel guilty. No other influence should make me feel guilty. Yeah, yeah. I choose to do something or I choose not to do something. It's as simple as that. I'm, I'm very kind of in that mindset right now and, and I'm bloody loving it. It's amazing. I'm not saying it's easy to achieve. Yeah. And, you know, we've gone through years, I'd say, with the guilt factor. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've lost count of how many years of, of kind of feeling guilty if we're doing anything other than working. But what I was going to say was, is that it's... When you were saying earlier about, oh, it's guilt, it's guilt. But I suppose I was looking at the example of, you know, just sitting there doing nothing, flicking through your phone, you know, or doing some stretching and flicking through your phone. Oh, so, so you were kind of saying, like, could you marry the two? You could marry the two. Yeah, and, you can. And, and what I'm, but also what I was saying is that I, I don't know that everyone does necessarily feel that guilt per se. Do you see what I mean? So okay, when, okay. when someone is there kind of like scrolling through their phone at like 10 o'clock at night, just mindlessly through Instagram, that's not something you feel guilty about if you're not doing. If I say, leave your phone in the other room yeah, and just yeah, chill yeah. with a book or watch some mindless TV, they're not going to go, oh, I feel guilty about not flicking mindlessly through yeah, Instagram. This is, this is where it does get a little bit weird because people do feel guilty about it because they've got maybe like 
messages or emails to reply to or things to do. So they, they, they leave, they, they feel guilty about not having the phone with them. But when they grab the phone, I definitely do this and you do it as well. Suddenly your mind just be scrolling. So you're like, I got my phone to do something productive and here I am doing sweet Fanny Adams. Mm. So it's such a bizarre situation in that sense. But anyway, what I was going to say was, I think we should probably end with what Russell Grant said. Although if you do, Who? if you, uh, Russell Grant, <laughs> someone else said this. Jesus, you someone, you no, because someone said this to me yesterday when I said we saw Russell Brand and they said Russell Grant and it wasn't in mind. That's the right. astrologer, isn't it? The, I don't know. But anyway. GMTV. Carry on. Russell Brand said this. If you are listening with kids, turn the volume down right now. But he said when it comes to, you know, these situations where in my situation, my hormones were feeding back, not happy with your lifestyle, not happy with your choices, your decisions, your habits need to change. I found that really hard. So I've had to acknowledge that I'm kind of addicted to my way of life. And he said, <laughs> acknowledge that you are fucked. Acknowledge that you can also be unfucked and then consider whether you need a mentor to no, unfuck yourself. Yeah, yeah no, so, yeah, <laughs> so no, then consider it, can, can you unfuck yourself? Can you unfuck yourself? Or do you need someone else to kind of help you unfuck, unfuck yourself? yourself? Yeah, which is a bit rude, but very powerful. But very, very, very true yeah. and very funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it was, um, I was really, really pleased we got to see him as it goes. Because uh, I, I, I thought his kind of stand-up days were over. And I always thought, like, would be able because I, I thought I'd like to go and see him stand up. But then he kind of doesn't really do that so much now, Anymore, does he? No, so, no. But this was obviously, this wasn't stand up. This was him talking about his new book, Mentors, which I haven't read yet, but I will. And I'll, and I'll report back. But, but his, his stuff on addiction is very relatable. Um, yeah, absolutely. And also, he's, you know, he's coming now from a more of a, a very holistic approach, a much yeah. more of a spiritual approach, but not in a over the top way if you will he, I think he still keeps it very real you know he still seems very much himself per se yeah, yeah. I, I love it where he said he was a flawed vegan because he said as much I can I can envisage myself as a very good vegan one day but at the moment I just love cheese yeah <laughs> just can't, can't not reach for the cheese um, cool so I suppose just to wrap up you know what would you say I suppose I just want everyone out there to do a little kind of take a moment of reflection and maybe kind of just consider what your hormones are telling you and are they healthy and uh, we say this all the time what is the feedback that you're being given look at your lifestyle look at changes to your lifestyle have you ever had times where you know you definitely feel better from a kind of hormone perspective the thing is that you, I suppose like as, 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 as far as terminology goes like no one a lot of people won't necessarily really know what their hormones are telling them I suppose I'm talking about yeah so I'm talking about reproductive health, <laughs> which is a big reflection because what's me progesterone saying today <laughs> no, because the reason I talk about reproductive hormones is because they're the kind of opposite of your your fight or flight your stress response so, so what would you look at then you know well, when, you, when you're say saying that. when you're saying feedback yeah yeah listen so for a female you've got your menstrual cycle so if you have um, irregular uh, menstrual cycle symptoms around it any pain any uh, you know kind of hormone related issues be it kind of endometriosis fibroids uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome they're all signs that's feedback from your body from a male perspective you know looking at things like um, having a um, you know 
morning erection and just general kind of like libido, libido on both fronts, male yeah. and female, a huge reflector of, of kind of, you know, how healthy are your hormones. Uh, we are, again, reproductive hormones in this sense. And then obviously um, in terms of male health, again, you might be, if you have a fertility goal as a, as a male or a female, if you're having issues with that or things like frequent miscarriages and you've had some tests done and it's saying that the, the egg and the sperm are not particularly healthy, there's an abundance of kind of nutrients that are involved in that, but also your lifestyle is a big factor yeah, in that yeah. as well. And it is helpful to kind of have about three months to you know, get healthy before you conceive, but not always possible. And then if you're kind of uh, looking at uh, uh, menopausal or, or slightly older males, you know, same thing again. So you want to be looking at everything from, I suppose, just kind of uh, mood, motivation, because all, the, all those hormones are a big part of memory, drive in life and get up and go, muscle mass, all those kind of things, bone health as well. So we, we know estrogen is very important for your bone density. So if you've had that feedback from the body, you know, don't kind of continue in this cycle and just think, well, I'll just take some hormones. It was feedback for change, you know. Yeah, so that's, what, what, that's what I really want to Yeah, what things could you do differently? Yeah. And and I think sometimes it's it's very easy to be, to put barriers up and be like, yeah, but, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. I've got this many hours. I've got this many kids and yes. this, that and the other. And it's like, we're not denying that. But does that mean just take it on the chin then and go, well, that's just, that's just how it is? Yeah. Or, you know, are you actually going to go, mm, okay. But there is still something I can do. Yeah. I and suppose, there, I suppose, I suppose what I say is also don't let it get to a crisis point. Because when I spoke to, I had an amazing GP, not the endocrinologist, but the GP was amazing. And he said to me, the thing is here is your estrogen is really low. So don't get to the point where you've got like crumbling bones and then yeah. you do something about it. And yeah. then he hit me and I was like, okay, you're up. you've got my pain. <laughs> No, <laughs> shut up. As in, that's my pain, that's my pain point. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my gosh, we'll not be able to walk the dog. You know, that's words of this GP. <laughs> so I think, but don't get to, to your, you know, like rock bottom before you make the changes. If you've got the feedback now, make the changes now. Mm. And then it's a lot easier, you know, not having to kind of climb out of that. I was really lucky, by the way, I went for a DEXA scan. And because I do a lot of weight training, my bone density was really good and my nutrition yeah. is good. So I was okay on that front. But he said, don't, don't get to that point, you know, where you're like, oh, okay, massive increased risk of fractures. Now I'm in trouble. But, and then your only option yeah. is to do medications. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Well, it's like we always say, why wait? You know, like if, if, if your body's telling you it's not happy, i.e. low energy levels most of the time, low mood most of the time, low sex drive, aches and pains and... Injuries. In, yeah. You know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the, these are all your body's... You know, your body's saying it's not, it's not happy and you could make some changes. But then, like we've been saying, what changes can you make, you know, and what could you potentially seek the help from other people about? To, to kind of help you change you know and, but there's probably a lot you could do yourself without making that investment initially yeah isn't it absolutely you know especially yeah. now in the with the power of the internet and social media etc yes there's a lot of con contradicting information out there but whether it's right or wrong like you won't know until you actually give it a try yeah so we shall end on that fizz hope you enjoyed that thank you very much Karis thank you Matt and uh, we will see you in episode 100 and 20. Who are he? Is it? I thought it was 19. Yeah. This is 119. Oh, wow. 20. Curious. See ya. Bye.